Hello and welcome to Death Nerve, a horror movie podcast. Thank you for coming back if you're a regular listener and uh, welcome if you're a first timer. I'm Rob Saunders and uh, in this podcast I talk to funny and interesting people about a horror film of their choice. And uh, in this episode I talk to comedian and podcaster William Stone about the 1997 psychological horror film Funny Games. William Stone's an awesome stand-up comedian and he's a joke-writing machine. I seriously recommend going to see him uh, when live gigs are happening again and go and follow him on Twitter and all the usual social media places. Um, I'll put links in the uh, description to all that. William's also started a new podcast called Stomping Grounds, where he talks to comedians about their hometowns and where they grew up, and it's great. There's a, and again, there's a link in the uh, description for that as well, so go and go and listen to them. We had a great chat about funny games and uh, William's love of foreign films in general, and uh, what hover, other horror films he's enjoyed, and uh, just scary films in general. Just a little spoiler warning for funny games before you listen. If you have uh, never seen funny games and spoilers bother you, uh, go and watch it before you listen. If not... Just, just listen. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Cheers. Well, the first question I always ask is, are you into horror films? Are you a horror film fan? Um, I think I am. I don't think horror fans think I am. Because, <laughs> like, I think I'm quite I'm, think, I'm quite selective, like, about what kind of horror films I like. You know what I mean? So I think if you're a proper horror fan, you like all horror. You know what I mean? But I would say I'm, I like, I, I love a certain type of horror, but I'm not into all horror all right. What sort of stuff do you mean? So, what sort of stuff do you are you I'm into? I'm not really well, well. What I'm not into, I'm not really into like gory stuff. Not because like I'm not like um, squeamish or anything, but um, I don't really enjoy it that much. I mean, I kind of find it funny when it's done in a certain way, like kind of, you know, like um, what's his name that does drag me to hell? Um, uh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah, I like kind of like that kind of like when it becomes like kind of like. It's so visceral. It's it's really uncomfortable, but almost funny. Um, maybe I'm getting the wrong. That maybe that's not what intended. But that's what I get out of it. <laughs> yeah. um, um, and I kind of like a bit of like, I really like John Carpenter films, um, and I like kind of more so like sort of psychological thrillery stuff, which might not even strictly be defined as horror. I don't know, but um, yeah, and I have like a kind of nostalgia for like 90s sort of slasher horror because like I think like Scream and stuff like that is what got me into to horror I think um and you know which is kind of just an evolution of what John Carpenter did anyway in a way but um you know you're kind of like relentless monster that doesn't stop you know but um yeah um I don't know what I like (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I don't know I do I do I like a bit of every kind of horror but my main thing yeah I would say is the more kind of psychological and kind of subtle understated kind of thing i think yeah there's definitely like a fine line between the sort of horror and thriller genre isn't there i think they're like almost the same thing a lot of the time yeah yeah it can be i mean because i think one of my favorite films is silence of the lambs which it's kind of a horror but it's more of a, a psycho drama i don't know yeah well, i mean i I'm would say really good with my film terms to <laughs> yeah i know you get same when you get into music in it and then it's like yeah you just yeah, get, yeah. Yeah. But no, I think Silence of the Lambs, I would say Silence of the Lambs is definitely a horror film. I think it's um, oh, okay. got enough like scary stuff in it. I would anyway. I'm not, not that I'm the arbiter of what's a horror film. <laughs> sure, but... sure. <laughs> so you were saying you're really into the um, like the late 90s sort of scream like stuff. Um, when was the first sort of like, was that the first sort of horror film you saw? Was there anything before that that got you into horror? Um, I, I, oh, I don't know, actually. Um, I think Scream must have been the first... One of the, I think actually, I watched a really like grainy, maybe even pirate version of Pet Cemetery when I was way too young, with some friends, and it it scared the life out of me. And like, I think that put me off for a long time because I was I was like ten, I think. Um, and I know, but if I watched it now, I'm sure it's very sort of kitsch and silly, but. Um, I was also very scared of dogs when I was a kid, so it was the wrong film for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that was probably the first horror film I saw was probably, probably Pet Cemetery. I think I can't think of one before that. 
I also remember watching, it was like, I don't know if it was a carry-on, but I think it was, is it Frankie Howard? Yeah. Did like did like a comedy horror film? I think it might Carry, carry On like, Screaming? Was it Carry On Screaming? It might have been. I think it was just Frankie Howard film, though. But maybe Oh, okay. Know. But I just remember being really frightened by that as well, and I was pretty young then. And I think, yeah. again, I think it's supposed to be really camp and stupid, but <laughs> as a child, I was horrified by it. Yeah. yeah, at a certain age where you don't really get the sort of like the silliness of it, you just see the sort of like a bit of blood and a bit of like gore, and you it's uh, yeah, affect you. Well, yeah, and, and the same when like you know, I, uh, when I watched Ghostbusters as a kid, I had no idea it was a comedy. I thought I didn't think it was scary, yeah. but well, a bit like the librarian bit. I think a lot of people talk about that being yeah. very scary when they're a kid, but um, yeah, so I didn't really sort of start properly watching horror, I don't think, till I was maybe a mid mid to late teenager i guess and that would have been around the time scream was out that sort of like, like yeah late 90s it, well, or something, yeah. yeah so when did the first one come out about 96 or 7 yeah yeah i think about then something yeah like it might be even later yeah mm. but so i was 16 in 2000 so yeah yeah that's the sort of age where you get into like if you where you find your thing isn't it that's, yeah, yeah. I remember going to actually. I went to see Blair Witch at the cinema when it came out, and that was two thousand, I think, or ninety nine. Ninety nine, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was great because I, I, um, I'd even watched like they did like a Sky One documentary about the real uh, people listening to this can't see me doing it air quotes, can they? <laughs> but like the the real um, uh, Blair Witch, and they ran like a ran a documentary about a week or two before the film came out. So I went in thinking it really was real. Like I had, I had no concepts of. Well, obviously, I think it was one of, the, if not the first, like found footage films. Was I mean, may, again, and maybe hardcore horror fans would tell me otherwise. Yeah, there's a few that did it before, but like I think Blair Witch is like the first one that really sort of pushed that idea of it being a real thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went into it really thinking it, you know, was a real thing. So that was pretty scary. Um, yeah, and I think it, I think it also, like, started off me liking things that weren't like straight down the line horror, you know what I mean? Because I remember being really angry after it finished at all the people in the lobby of the cinema being like, oh, nothing happened. It didn't even say anything. (laughs) And that made me really angry. It's like, no, there's more to horror than just like, again, Mm. I think that's why, you know, I I, I like, like I say, I like some Sam Raimi stuff now, which is ridiculously visceral and like gory. But um, it just made me think like, yeah, there's more to it than that. There's other ways of being scared and scary. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's always like the common, like the common adage that like a director can never come up with something that's scarier than your own imagination. Yes, so yeah. it's, I think that's why you know that's the reason Blair Witch Project works so well is that you don't see anything. Yeah, I think that's why Graham Linehan's terrified of trans people. He's never seen any or met any, so it's just <laughs> in his imagination. It's like a you know a monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, that, that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> the true horror is Graham Linehan. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could talk about you. Are you also talk about the, the film Funny Games? Yeah, which yeah. is a, an interesting choice, especially if you're saying you're not like a massive sort of into like horror as like a thing. Yeah. But I think Funny Games is sort of like a anti-horror horror film, isn't it? In many ways. Why did you choose Funny Games? Um, I think it's just the first thing that came to mind that I thought maybe would be interesting because it's not like, I assumed, like, it's not like super, super well known. I'm sure horror fans know it well, but like as a as a film, I don't think, I mean, any world cinema isn't really that big, is it? But <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of into, um, I can't remember, it's, it's Scandinavian, isn't he, the director? Um, I th- Is he German or Austrian? I think, I'm not sure. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Michael Haneke, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I think he's like finished. I'm not sure. But yeah. um I'm just I'm quite into like foreign cinema and stuff as well. So I kind of came into it through that route rather than the mm. horror route, you know what I mean? So so I thought that was kind of kind of interesting basically is that it's a, it's uh a, yeah. Um and again like cuz my other idea I said didn't I was that maybe let the right one in which again is I think that's Norwegian, isn't it? Or Swedish let the right one in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, I just kind of like I think also because one thing that makes things Sometimes things can be really scary because you can picture them happening to you in your world. So I remember when I first saw 28 Days Later, it was like, oh, wow, like a proper horror done in like the UK and it felt really real. But then you go the other way and it's like you're more of an outsider looking in at something else and it can be, you know, kind of scary. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a psychological thing of being that one stage removed 
because you haven't you don't you, you don't know the language so you have to like read everything that's happening <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so i don't know yeah i've not really thought that through when i first saw it um i think yeah absolutely right it's kind of an anti-horror and i really liked the kind of um and what's what's your approach to spoilers with this podcast? Um, we can we can do spoilers. I'll put a little spoiler warning at the beginning. Yeah, and, uh, yeah that's so fine. I was just thinking if people haven't seen it, like, but, you know, but um, I we'll think go under the assumption that people have seen it. Yeah, well, I think just generally. I mean, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but generally, the way it plays with what it, the kind of for me, the film is about what about horror audiences. Like, what do people want to see? Like, what exactly do you want out of this? Like. And it sort of makes you feel really uncomfortable for this voyeuristic sort of like watching a horrible story unfold and kind of like um, it weirdly makes the the baddies in it sort of the protagonist. Do you know what I mean? It's it's really odd. I think that's why I like it. It's just so unusual and so unfamiliar. And that's kind of what horror is. It's like the unfamiliar and not knowing what's going to happen. So I think... It's a really good horror and a really good anti-horror at the same time. Yeah, well, that's what I got again. I watched it this afternoon before I chatted to you, and there's um, mm. I've seen it before, um, but I've not seen it for a while. And there's it did strike me like yeah. in my in my memory, it was very much um, again like not a horror film, but about violence. But there's actually moments of it mm. that are really scary and like actually yeah. horror horror sort of scenes in it. Yeah, I think that whole scene when they first come to the house to ask to borrow the eggs is so frightening. It's just that. Even though at this point you don't know it's going to... I mean, I didn't know anything about it. So I didn't know it was going to be a horror or anything. Um, and I don't think I'd seen any world cinema that was like horror, really. I mean, apart from maybe mm. like The Ring or something like that. But um, so that scene, it's just so uncomfortable. And you're like, where is this going to go? And that is just really frightening. <laughs> like, Because, yeah. you know, it's just so odd, but so real in a way that a lot of horror is a bit like, you know, there's conventions where like... Um, uh, I can't think of any now, but but you, that make it a horror film. When you're watching it, it's like, oh, this is a horror film, you know. And be it the soundtrack or like the dialogue or just the actual story, but that it's like, where is this going to go? I've no idea. Yeah, I think um, horror films are so. Yeah, I think horror films are so formulaic, aren't they? There's a very like certain like like slasher movies and things have a very set formula yeah. to them. And um, mm. so that makes them less scary because you sort of know what's going to happen. Whereas I think, like you said, that first, that scene in Funny Games when they first turn up to the house mm. is really affecting because they're kind of yeah. weirdly polite and you sort of, they're a bit young and naive, these two guys. Mm. But then that tone shifts. And I, I always find that quite like mm. scary in films where people are really nice and then suddenly you see that change of, oh yeah, this is going bad. Have you ever seen the American remake of Funny Games? I haven't, you know, and I don't know why, because people have said, like, it's pretty much, I think you said as well, it's like shot for shot. It is, it's, the, it's so pretty much one, the same film. Yeah, but I, I kind of, it, it irritates me how, like, so many really good films are then just remade for an English audience mm. where they don't need to be. Like, I think they did that with Let the Right One In, didn't yeah. they? Um, and they changed the title to, like, Let Me In or something really obvious. Like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just really, that just really annoyed me. And they, they remade, like, the, the Grudge, and I think they might have even done an American remake of The Ring as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they certainly did The Grudge. Like, and it's just like, why? Just like, if you <laughs> just use, like, a fraction of the money to buy the rights to release it in America, or if you, if you really love the film that much, it just feels like a sheer profiteering thing. Mm. And I think, I, I think it's just a great opportunity to get people into... To, to different like things to so, like world cinema and stuff. I don't see any need to make a, an American remake. But interestingly, it was Michael Haneke that did the remake, wasn't it? Mm. So I, I don't know. I just I just don't feel the need to watch it. I think I think the idea between for the remake was that to get it to like I think it, when it was came out the American version it was like that time of where films like Saw and Hostel were out. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. I think the idea is that he wanted to release it. Like almost as like a mainstream, more mainstream horror movie to sort of make his point that of Got you. That you makes know, sense. violence in cinema, which kind of makes sense. I get it, mm. but it is just weird when because it is shot for shot. Again, before we started recording, I was watching someone on YouTube had like done a comparison video, you know, lined it up together, mm-hmm. and it is the same. The way it's edited, the way it's you know the shots, the house. Mm. I was reading on IMDb that they um, basically built the rebuilt the house. They just. They just copied it. Right, wow. So it's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's really good. So it's a strange that's attention to detail to do it, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Was it, it was, is it Naomi Watts is the, 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 mum, the mum in it? 
Yeah, and Tim Roth and is Tim the Roth, dad. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that, again, they're really good casts. Like mm. Tim Roth is a really good. Uh, it's interesting though because he's often um, a villain, isn't he? Really. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see him as like this kind of helpless dad. I think I'm, yeah, I should watch it. <laughs> You've it is, it is worth a watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is definitely worth a watch. Because it is, yeah. it's again, it's interesting if you're a fan of the original. It's just interesting to see, like, the same film just with different mm. actors and in English. Yeah, mm. similar with the which I, I I don't like this one, but the the remake of Psycho. Have you ever seen that? The remake of Psycho. No, I never watched it. No, that was early two thousands, late nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, really. Yeah, just done it shot for shot. Same. Very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah strange. Again, I think it's because people like. Uh, I don't know, like, when I was a teenager, I remember, like, if my mum and dad wanted to watch a film, I would be like, oh, black and white, a really old film, you know? Yeah. But, like, you know, you grow out of that, <laughs> so... Yeah, 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 yeah. But do, I guess there must be, like, a big, a large, like, portion of audiences that don't grow out of that, though, I guess. Yeah. And, but, and I think that's that why like, they do these remakes. Well, so. that's it, and I think that just exacerbates it, really, rather than getting people into yeah. these things. I think it stops yeah. them trying, you know? Mm. But yeah, that's just the cynic in me, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was definitely, like you were saying about The Ring and um, and things like that, there was definitely, I remember a time where there was loads of American versions of like Asian horror movies coming out. Mm. Yeah. Um, and again, I always found that weird because like, The Ring is such a scary film. I think that would work. You know, I don't, I don't the language barrier doesn't affect that no, film. And, I don't think. But, and also too is like, I love the idea that, you know, obviously different parts of the world have their own folklore and stuff like that. And it's like, mm. some things just don't really work in a Western context, I don't think, and vice versa, I'm sure, as well. Like, I don't know. It just, the ring just feels Japanese. It just does. Like, yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah. So you were saying about more, like, the sort of more psychological, thrillery sort of films. What sort of uh, other films are you into in that sort of genre? Um, let me think. Well, again, I say, I think Silence of the Lambs is a little bit more on that. That's probably the most mainstream kind of, like, mm. why, like, you know, um that kind of genre because um there isn't that much like horror horror to it you know what i mean like there's obviously there's the scene where he kills the policeman but even then you only see the kind of aftermath of it yeah i see you you see him biting him a bit but there's not that much kind of like gruesome kind of jump scary you know it's more yeah it's kind of like a almost a murder mystery with a bit of horror in it do you know what i mean because you don't know who's doing the murders and stuff but what we sort of do but yeah, and I suppose um, I think like Zodiac as well, or something like that. I really like. That's quite a, like a big. Yeah, film. Zodiac's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I just, I mean, I really like. I think I just love David Fincher films, really. But <laughs> yeah. Specifically, and and Mind Hunter is so good. It's my favorite, like, series at the minute. I've not seen it yet. My my girlfriend's a, a fan. I think of that. She uh, yeah, she was telling me that how that that's good. Yeah. Oh, you'll love it, man! If you're into if you're into David Fincher and and Zodiac and and horror. Um, it's great. It's really, it's a really good story. Um, but yeah, and again, I think it's, um, it's kind of, that is kind of my taste more broadly, I think, with music and comedy and stuff as well, is the kind of more understated, like, you know, it's, this is really hard to talk about it without sounding snobby, but I don't like things mm-hmm. that sort of spell out, you know what I mean? I like to sort of, like, things to be either open to interpretation or you have to sort of, like, think about it a bit more. It's just my taste, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's better. It's just what I like. Yeah, no, I understand that. I think especially um, when it comes to horror, because like, you know, the whole, really the whole intention of horror is to scare you. And as you said before, the unknown is what's scary. Mm. You know, I, you know, I love the sort of cheesy Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. Halloween, sort of Friday the 13th type films. I love them, but I've never found them yeah. particularly scary. Maybe the first Halloween's quite scary, but there's something sure. I enjoy about them. Whereas, sure. Again, if I think a film like um, Science of the Lambs, for example, there's actually an element that's genuinely scary in that. Mm. Well, I think for me, yeah, the, the scene towards the end when um, Clarice Starling is like, she finally corners Buffalo Bill and he's got the night vision goggles and puts the lights out. That is that is genuinely terrifying. Yeah. You know, because you see it through his perspective so you can see her fumbling around in the dark. I, I love that scene. It's so scary. Yeah, really yeah. good. That's yeah, brilliant. That ending yeah. of that film again because you actually have that there. That you actually feel that Clarice could die in that moment. I think there's that oh, yeah. element of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, she's there's a total loss of control for her. She can't see anything, whereas the villain is in total control of that situation. Yeah, and it's funny. I remember watching the film around that because this is the time of like 
you used to get like triple VHS box sets of things, yeah. like of different. So like there was a there was a um, a video shop in my hometown that was um, that had like so you'd get like three. So it was like the what I got was it was Silence of the Lambs, which I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen any of them actually. So I got Silence of the Lambs, The Cell, and Copycat in a triple box set, like VHS box set. <laughs> mm. um, and I watched all of them like pretty much back to back. And that was uh, is what, what I find. Sorry, well the reason I brought this up is because what I find interesting is that Silence of the Lambs sort of spawned some copycat films. And ironically, Copycat I think is is one of those films, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which is about you know like a, an expert in a field that's kind of like not quite. Uh, she's out of step with like you know because Clarice is like the only woman and she's tiny and stuff like that and then you've got Sigourney Weaver's like an agoraphobic isn't she she can't go outside and uh, and she, but she has to f- solve so as people come to her to try and find out who the murderer is you know what I mean it, it sort of has a very similar feel to it yeah I mean that's a so, common thing though isn't it when a film's as successful as Science of the Lambs then they just churn out the sort of copies. Um, so it happens with horror all the time, you know, like we said about Scream, the amount of films that were just a copy of Scream that came out and then obviously Halloween and yeah. Friday the first Eve, the amount of like films in the early 80s that were just the same film, just done not as well. Yeah, there's, there's kind of an element of the like how, you know, like the culture and the technology sort of defines the type of horror as well, I think, like with loads of genres and stuff like so I think around like the late nineties, early two thousands, where people are getting mobile phones and stuff, and the idea that someone could just call you and harass you, do you know what I mean? It's kind of mm. like um, I guess that that is that's got to have an influence on it as well, you know? Yeah. Um, the idea of this someone anonymous can come like hack into your email or you know call you, you know, because um, that's kind of like I know what you did last summer is sort of like that, isn't it? As well, it's kind of like um, the idea that someone's almost like not hacked you but they know what you've done yeah <laughs> yeah they can, they can expose you sort of thing it's kind of like i suppose that's something that people were concerned about at mm. the time maybe yeah and they always say with like <laughs> with mobile phones as well we sort of ruined horror a bit because like you think yeah. of some of those older horror films you just think well just use your mobile phone the police now if yeah. that happened now yeah yeah so they yeah. wouldn't work now yeah absolutely yeah and i think that's interesting because um a lot of the premises now are centered around being alone in the woods and that's why you can't mm. call anyone and stuff so it's had to sort of like change the circumstances to fit the technology yeah yeah you always have that yeah. scene where they look and oh no i've got no signal oh no my phone's out yeah, of battery yeah. that's that out of the <laughs> yeah, way yeah. now we can get on with the horror yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was just going to say i think like comedy horror is something I really like as well. Um, and, um, yeah, because like League of Gentlemen and things like that, I, I was really into when I was a teenager. Um, and um, it's kind of, it's still like quite a really small genre, isn't it, really? I mean, I think like the only thing I can think of like recently that was like a big comedy horror is probably like What We Do in the Shadows, I guess. And even mm. then it's quite a cult film, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, again, it's, it's kind of like a, an acquired taste again, isn't it? You know? And I really like, did you see Prevenge? Yes, I love that film. That's a great yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, because I got into that because I liked Alice Lowe because I like Dark Place, which is a comedy horror. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think with um, a lot of comedy horrors, like you mentioned uh, what we do in the shadows, it's definitely more comedy than it is horror. I think oh, there's. Sure. There's a very few films that really mix, or TV programs that mix it perfectly. I think League of Gentlemen's really good because there are elements of League mm. of Gentlemen that are quite scary. Yeah. Um, especially that that Christmas special they did. Have you ever seen that where it's all oh, like a yeah. portmanteau three parter? I always say that yeah, they yeah. forgot to put the comedy in some of that. It's just like some of yeah, it's just pure horror. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, the, um, the kids being like kidnapped by Santa is just really yeah. horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think well, I, I love Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead's one of my favourite films. Ever, and Do I you think know what? I've never seen it. Have you never seen Shaun of the Dead? It's, oh my no, god! I know, I know, and I, I like, I love Spaced, mm. and I love comedy horror, and I've never seen Shaun of the Dead. I don't know why. We'll just turn on ITV two at some point. It's on every other week, in it. Yeah. It's one of those films. <laughs> <laughs> that or Hot Fuzz. There's an Edgar Wright film on loop. I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm too busy watching Friends on Paramount. To do that. Oh, very. <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> no, Shaun of the Dead is great because it's. Um, it's made with like a love of those sort of films, um, it's, right, and right. it's got like the actual like zombie stuff in it is good. It's like a good zombie movie and a very good mm. comedy movie. Um, yeah, no, that I, reminds yeah. me of um, I watched the uh, the new um, Jim Jarmusch one recently. The um, oh yeah, with um, um, Bill Murray. Well, it's, it's a lot of his usual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tom Waits, Iggy Pop, and it's um, the Dead Don't Die. That's it. Called. 
And that's like sort of really sort of postmodern, subtle comedy horror. Like again, the zombies are kind of like not that threatening in it, and it's kind of like not really that big part mm. of the story, but it is the story. But yeah, I thought I thought that was great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I've not seen that yet. Yeah, he's not really done a horror film before, is he? Uh, Jim Jarmusch, it's not really his... I don't uh, think so. uh, Not really. Usually they're quite understated, kind of like day-to-day life sort of things, or like, um, I suppose the nearest thing to a horror. No, not really. Um, What was that one that was sort of... Oh, it's about... Well, no, it's not. Go... um, Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai was more of a yes. yeah, it's just you know, a samurai film, but yeah, um, and Dead Man was kind of a, a little bit scary, but not really a horror. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting when like directors that are more known for doing, like you said, understated, more sort of arty sort of directors going. I found it a weird choice to do a zombie movie for someone like Jim Jarmusch. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. As soon as I heard about it, I was like, I'm in because I love Jim Jarmusch, and I thought, how on earth is he going to do a zombie film? <laughs> yeah. So that was I was sold on it straight away. Yeah. Is it worth a watch? I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I might have to give it a go. I think it's good. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, it's just some great performances in it. Uh, Iggy Pop as a zombie is hilarious. <laughs> you know, like, so <laughs> it's probably worth it for that alone. That's it. I mean, there's probably not much makeup needed to be done with Iggy Pop now, really, to get him into a zombie. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I think even <laughs> as a zombie, he's topless. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> How would you know it's Iggy Pop otherwise? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you, like you said, you come to, you come to funny games from more of like a world cinema. Um, are there yeah. any other sort of? Um, we spoke about like the Asian horror films. Are there any other sort of like foreign horror movies that you've uh, you've enjoyed? Um, I guess it's kind of um, uh, yeah, it's a horror, I suppose. Is that um, a girl walks home alone at night? Oh yeah, um, I think it's like Iranian, maybe, or mm. it's definitely Middle Eastern. Um, I really enjoyed that. I went to see it at the cinema actually. I really enjoyed that. Do you, do you know yeah, that's the one I've not seen? Yeah, I know it, but it's, I've not seen it yet. It's on my, um, yeah. it's on my like a uh, watch list on uh, Amazon. Yeah, I would say like it's not particularly scary, but it's it's just so stylish and so cool. It's like black and white. It feels like kind of like a fifties or maybe a well forties sort of film noir almost. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, and it's kind of cool because it just sort of gender flips the vampire thing so it's a female vampire that's the protagonist and stuff that's, yeah interesting. it's got the usual kind of um subtext of like coming of age and stuff like that that most vampire films mm. have but it kind of turns that on its head without spoiling too much as well but yeah yeah great. great yeah no i've heard really good things about it it's just again yeah, it's, it's finding the time to watch all these films i get recommended mm. yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah. Well, that's my own fault. I just end up watching Friday the 13th sequels over and over where I could be watching new films. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen any of the like, Italian, sort of the sort of uh, late 70s, like Italian sort of giallo sort of films? Um, so Suspiria and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, no, I haven't actually. Or Dario Argento mm, yeah, is, yeah. is the other one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, no, I've not. I've not actually. You know, I think actually sort of because I used to DJ a night with a mate called riff till you're stiff and i just played like it was it was just basically any music that had a good riff in it so it's mostly punk and metal but it was just kind of like anything that and we usually we used to show films behind us um like behind the dj booth sort of thing so i'd occasionally like see a bit of a film and i think my mate chose suspiria once as the like the backdrop film for when we were dj um so i've sort of seen it but i can't say i've seen it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it. yeah yeah um Suspiria is a good film for a backdrop of a DJ set. It's a very visual film. Lots of it's just yeah, looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think they had that one. What was the sort of the sixties sort of surrealist? It might have been a British one. Um, uh, it's really sort of a culty. It's like a massive one. Um, oh, this is I should have thought about this before. I brought it up. <laughs> it's referenced in like loads of like by like loads of doom bands and stuff. Holy Mountain, something like that. Holy Mountain, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen like quite a bit of that. Yeah, so but but yeah, not not any Italian stuff. That's that's British, isn't it, or is it not? No, he is. Oh, where uh, Mexican maybe? Oh right, okay. Definitely not seen any Italian stuff. I don't think. I think you'd like a lot of the um, early Dario Argento stuff because it is a line a lot more like murder mystery than it is like full on right. gore. They are quite gory. A lot of them. I always say they're a bit like sort yeah. of Alfred Hitchcock films with like heavy gore in them mm, right they're really good i think you'd probably so quite they, like them they remade suspiria recently didn't they they did the remake of suspiria have you seen that the remake or have you uh no no yeah it's a very it's a very different film i enjoyed both i mean suspiria is one of my favorite films ever made the original right but i really enjoyed the remake but it's a very different film it's um 
basically got a similar idea. It's like a it's a ballet school in Germany, and then there's like a sort of coven of witches that run it, and there's just strange yeah, stuff that right. happens. Um, whereas the original, it's very bright, as you might have seen played behind you when you were DJing, mm. like really bright, vibrant colours, almost yeah. like dreamlike. Mm. Whereas the the remake looks a bit more like modern horror films, where it's very washed okay. out and sort of dull looking. Mm. And but um, it's a good film. The music in it's amazing. The soundtrack's by Tom York uh, from Radiohead. Oh, yeah. Cool. And yeah, the soundtrack's really, really good. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a very different film, but it's a, it's a very slow burn, and it has a very like bombastic ending. The remake of Suspiria, right? Yeah, it's worth a watch. Yeah, I'd say well, watch, watch both of them. Watch both of them, definitely. Yeah, like, definitely Suspiria watch the first is a, one first. Yeah, a great film. I think I think yeah. Suspiria is free on Amazon Prime. Actually, I must get around to it. I think it is. I think both of them are. I think I think uh, the uh, uh, the remakes on there as well. So yeah, mm. you fancy a heavy a heavy back to back double bill. <laughs> Yeah, oh, <laughs> I both the, last, the last time I did a heavy back-to-back double bill was completely by accident. My friend just was like, I'd heard about these two films. Was like, should we watch them? I was like, yeah, sure. And we watched uh, Requiem for a Dream followed by Party Monster. Oh, God. <laughs> that was like a pretty heavy three and a half, four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Requiem for a Dream is definitely like a, a film that's um, not going to like... Not a good way to start a no. double bill, is it? Yeah, Quite a yeah. miserable ending. Absolutely. Um Darren Aronofsky, have you ever seen um, Black Swan? Yeah, yeah, I love that. His, yeah, oh, that's, that's like there's bits in that that are like I remember when that first came out. I think, oh, it's like he's going to do his own version of Suspiria. It's uh, you know not just because there's ballet in it, but that yeah. is part of it. Yeah, well, I would say uh, Black Swan's a horror film. I think there's yeah. elements of horror in that. Oh, I definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's that kind of like that sense of it's almost got a. Coen Brothers esque sense of like that impending doom kind of like the whole way through <laughs> like yeah. like this isn't going to yeah. end well you know there's you know that they're going to be hunted down sort of thing yeah um, yeah what was the one I was thinking of that was I think so again I've not seen Suspiria but the vibe of it sounds a bit like um, Rosemary's Baby and the idea this is like secret society that's like right in front of your eyes kind of thing yeah it's definitely yeah a bit of that so Rosemary's Baby is a lot well the thing with Suspiria it's like and a lot of the sort of Italian films is there's the storyline is very like threadbare and it's all about like the images and the sort mm. of the way it looks. Um, whereas Rosemary's Baby is like a, a very solid like story of a film, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. I think Roman Polanski, um, a lot of his stuff is very influential to people like Dario Argento and a lot of the um, like those sort of directors. Right. Oh, so that came after. Right. Okay. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby is sixties, right? Yeah. It's a funny thing because a lot of like. Um... Because I think sometimes, because like again, I don't know if it's like the the, the film industry is probably like not. Got, I just imagine <laughs> that Hollywood has a lot more money than like <laughs> Italy, you know. But um, so sometimes you see these films and they look older mm. than they are because the technologies, you know, or the the production values and the the budgets aren't as high, you know. So I I had it in my head that that was older. Than, I thought Suspiria is like the uh, mid sort of mid seventies. Yeah. Oh wow! Right. Okay. Yeah. Because it looks kind of pop arty and it looks almost like yeah. blow up or something. You know that kind of colour palette and stuff yeah yeah I mean uh, I, th- I think with the well especially the Italian film industry at that time was it was like they would just do copies of American films basically that's why the spaghetti westerns were such a big thing and then um, after that it was because Dario Argento his first film was a film called The Bird with the Crystal Plumage right right and he sort of made that it's, it's really good I think you'd I think you'd enjoy it if you like the more sort of murder mystery type okay, thing it's uh, yeah really good film and um he did that. That was his first film, and after that, they sort of stopped making westerns and started making sort of like murder mystery films. They're called giallo, the Italian word for yellow, because they were all based on these sort of trashy paperbacks that were all printed like the okay. covers were yellow. So I used to call them giallo, and uh, that's what these films are. Yeah. So and there was there's loads of them. Some of them are like trash, but I like all that sort of stuff. But like, yeah. But um, the Dario Argento ones are fairly solid. Um, yeah. Cool. Have you seen, because um, sort of coming, circling back around to comedy horror, it's not a comedy, it's a documentary, but it's funny. Have you seen um, American Movie? Yes. Love that film. Yeah, I love that. Because obviously it's all about horror, but it's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Coven. He can't say Coven. He can't say Coven, right? Coven. Coven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love I love that film. That's one of my favorite films. And it's funny because thinking about it, it's strictly speaking, it's about mm. horror, but it's it's not. <laughs> I think horror is one of those genres. I think American movies perfect like sums this up. Is that like it's one of those film those genres of films where people that when you've got fans that are obsessed with horror, 
they'll always try to make their own horror films. <laughs> and you get like you go you very rarely yeah. see people that have gone, Oh, I'm gonna make my own like romantic comedy. You probably do, but you know, <laughs> yeah. like you see like, yeah. you see thousands of people online yeah. that are making their own zombie movie with their mates or their own slasher movie or their own yeah, I think yeah. American movie is perfect for that. Yeah, that's really interesting, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, no one's like I'm going to do my own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are, but it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, the the, the idea of a fan yeah. film where you think like horror, mm. really, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think they're generally because they're normally lower budget anyway. Horror films, like you watch a film like The Evil Dead, it was made with like you know nothing with his mates, and it's amazing. Mm. But you have to be Sam Raimi to be able mm. to make a film that good with nothing. I think you seem to be like really into films. Have you ever like have you ever tried to make your own film? Has that ever been something that you're? Uh, it's appealed no not really i mean i did um from very like so yeah i am i am really into film and i i did media studies for a bit and then ended up going to university so i didn't finish it because i was i was like i went back to college like three times um and i kept doing different things i think i was kind of subconsciously avoiding going to university (laughs) and then eventually i was like i'm just gonna go so i didn't finish my media studies um uh btech or whatever they're called um but um, on that, I did make a few like, like music videos and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Sh- very, very short like films and stuff. But um, nothing horror though, really. Although again, even then, there was sort of like the music video I did was sort of a little. It was out of a sort of a dark twist, but not. But it was for like I did a music video for like I think it was a Pretty Girls Make Grave song, and basically it was like. The whole actually sort of horrorish. There was a guy all the way through the music video that's like running away from someone, um, and then at the end of it, the reveal is that it's himself, sort of thing. Oh, <laughs> like, right, yeah, so yeah. It's like t- typical, like eight, 18 year old, like <laughs> slightly, slightly emo sort of. Like, <laughs> it's uh, all make them think, yeah. Kind of, yeah. There's like, <laughs> yeah, kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, I, d- I did media studies when I was at college, and like at the time, I just didn't bother. I just, but now again, I was like to get a chance to like make films and stuff as like I would have, yeah. I really, if I could go back to my sixteen-year-old self and just kick myself up the arse, just yeah, I would. Sure. Yeah. Although, although, um, saying that, you know, you know, Jen Ives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're actually we just she was telling me this idea she had because we're both big X Files fans. Um, and um, we, she had this idea to do kind of like a, a basic, almost like a, a, a comedy X-Files. Like, I mean, I think X-Files has a lot of comedy, but like an out-and-out comedy. So like a kind of like a domestic X-Files, like and set in the UK as well. So kind of using yeah, a bit yeah. more kind of like English folklore and stuff like that. But um, so that is, yeah, that's, that's sort of horror-based-ish. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of horror in the X Files. I've not seen a lot of the X Files. I used to watch it um, when it was on. I always remember being like terrified of Victor Tombs, though. Like I remember finding that like oh, Tombs yeah. is such a classic. That is like the epitome. Of yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a two parter, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've um, that's a really good. Yeah, one. I've never I've never jumped back into X Files from when I used to watch bits and pieces as a kid. And but I know they've just added it to yeah. uh, the Disney Plus streaming thing. I think it's all on there. Apparently so, they yeah. have. Yeah. So maybe I'll go in. Well, we don't. We don't really. We don't really have that kind of monster of the week kind of TV show anymore, do we at all? So, no. And even by the nineties, it was pretty late for that kind of thing. I think. Yeah, no, that's my preferred. Like, I haven't got the attention span for a big like Game of Thrones box set or whatever. I like, uh, I love a monster of the week and uh, TV yeah. series. Like, I really enjoyed the Mandalorian. I'm a big Star Wars nerd anyway, but like, I love the Mandalorian because it was like each episode was its own little story. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of like it's just. I mean, I know people always say like Star Wars is a, a, a western in space, but Mandalorian is a western. Like it's out and yeah. out western, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I loved, I loved it. it. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, amazing. It's like it was this, what what they should be doing with Star Wars for a long time. I sort of get that they needed to do the sort of Skywalker stuff. I know I understand that they needed to do that, but I think now that that's mm. done, they've got a bit more of a opening to explore what I love about Star Wars. It's like the sort of like the weird yeah, little that planets, the outer rim, as they call it. So many of this episodes of this podcast turn into talking about Star Wars. I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's all right. It's actually well saying that. I, I read um, a book because I used to. I was really into Star Wars when I was a teenager, mm. and um, I read um, a book just called. I think it was just called Maul. Uh, it was about like the kind of like 
the backstory of Darth Maul, and that was genuinely quite scary. It was almost like there was a, a bit in it that was very much like Blade Runner when you've got um, I'm really embarrassed, I can't remember his character's name, but when Rutger Hauer's like hunting down Deckard at the end when he's like chasing him through the you know the the mm. warehouse wherever it is. There's a, a scene in it like that with Darth Maul, and it's just genuinely terrifying. Um, so yeah, even even Star Wars can do horror sometimes. Yeah, well, I think I think that's the beauty of any sort of any sort of big expansive sort of science fiction universe. I think you can do basically anything. You know, like I mean, obviously Star Wars is a bit more aimed for kids, but there's still elements of like horror in there. I know there was an episode of The Mandalorian where like in the second series where they go to that like planet and it's all like the big spider sort of creatures. I remember thinking that was genuinely quite scary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just really aware that we've not spoken about funny games. That's fine. That's what that's what this podcast is. It's a, a, a very loose uh, chat about the yeah. film and then just horror and stuff in general. And then normally me going on about either John Carpenter or Star Wars for too long. <laughs> we should get John Carpenter to direct an episode of Mandalorian. That's, that's that would that that was if they if if they threw a dartboard at the things I'm obsessed with, then that's what would happen. Yeah, <laughs> maybe well, if you played some heavy metal as well. <laughs> well, that was that reminds me. That I was going to say at the start of Funny Games, I, I actually thought it was going to be either a comedy or a piss take, like an out, not not like a critique of horror, but a piss mm. take because. That scene at the start when they're in the car and the they're playing like I don't know who it is, but it sounds like grindcore or Death it's Man. a Naked City. Ah, right, I don't think I know him. Yeah, it's uh, do you know the musician John Zorn, the jazz saxophonist? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's John Zorn. It's one of his many many bands, and I think there are people from grindcore bands oh. in Naked City. He does a band called Painkiller right. as well with members of Napalm Death, which, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, so, I remember. Yeah, when, when that plays over the titles, I'm like, yeah. "What the hell?" And I thought it was meant <laughs> to make you laugh, like so, mm. like, um, yeah. But again, because like that was around the time I was really getting back into. Well, I mean, I was into metal when I was younger, but none of the kind of like subgenres, basically, you know, kind of mainstream stuff. And mm. then I was really sort of discovering grindcore and stuff around that time. So when that played in the title sequence, I was like, "Holy shit, what's this? I, I want to know more about this." You know, it really got me hooked at the start. Mm. But also, I thought, "Oh." Because generally, when metal's used in in film and cinema, it's kind of used as not a joke, but like there's no, it's not used sympathetically or like with respect. I don't, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. A punch, a punchline almost, like or like the 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 backdrop is with oh, this guy's a bit of a reject, or you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. So I didn't um, like there's an episode. Funny enough, there's an episode of the X Files where there's these two like absolute nerds that are real freaks. Um, and one of them's wearing a Soundgarden t-shirt. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Such a freak. Give us a break, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that really, I think that really stands out, that uh, Naked City song. It's at the end at the end as well, isn't it? It's sort of the uh, closing credits. He's sort of, he looks, oh, yes, stays yes, the, he looks into is. the camera and then it starts again. And it's, um, yeah. I think it's music, because again, it's not like, when you, like you said, if you hear a metal song in a, in a film or a TV show, it's normally like, I don't know, Metallica or something like that, isn't it? Something that's a bit more... Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, like Naked yeah. City, it's, I mean, it's, is it even metal? It's sort of like that weird sort of, like, harsh noise mixed with jazz, mixed with grindcore, you know? It's uh, Yeah. So it even, yeah, it's sort of like a... Yeah, it's totally appropriate because it's like, this is something you know, but it's in unfamiliar sort of thing. Mm. Like the film yeah. itself, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, it works really well. It's just a... Yeah, just a really interesting like choice of music. And I remember when I saw the remake of Funny Games, and I was in the cinema, and I'm I'm into that sort of music and stuff anyway. And I did think, mm. oh, surely they're not going to have like Naked City on the uh, on this like mainstream American version of this. And then hearing that come out the cinema speakers was quite oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Nickelback instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have quite the same effect. More horrifying, maybe. But... Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs> sketch, I mean, yeah. Been stuck in a car with Nickelback, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have a home invasion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they use the same song in the in the mm. remake. Yeah, it's it's the same. Exactly. It's the same oh. film, basically. Yeah. Who plays the um? Who plays the the boys in the American one? Oh, I can't remember. Is someone I recognise from other films? I can't remember his name. I'm going to go on to see if I can get onto IMDb on my laptop now. Cool. Yeah, I'd just be interested. I just in my head, I immediately picture. Like I've never seen it, but like um, the guy, the autistic guy from that science show, um, 
the Big Bang Theory. Oh right, right. it's not him. <laughs> I, I didn't think it would be, but that's like in my in my mind's eye. That's how I remember yeah. one of the boys. No, no, um, my internet does not want to Shel- work. Sheldon, that's it. Yeah, but I can't remember his name. But he's a oh, someone that you'll um, you'll recognise. He's from like sort of small parts and films, but I don't think he's anyone particularly famous. I think the real right. the two well, I people. I guess it has to be someone not too famous for it to work, doesn't it? Really? Exactly. Yeah, it would be a bit weird if like Johnny Depp turned up. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Naomi Watts and Tim Roth that works really well. Like them being sort of yeah. more known and sort of you know likable sort of characters from films. Yeah, I wonder if in 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 the in in the um, original, excuse me, in the original whether uh, they the um, they are the, the equivalent stars in Germany because I know that the the dad guy he's in. Um, what's it called? It's the a film about the um, like uh, the um, he, it's oh, what's it called? The Lives of Others. That's it. Oh right, He's, okay, um, yeah. Which is like almost not a horror because it's more like social commentary drama, mm. I guess, historical drama. Because it's about like the East German like not uh, Gestapo, like secret police, you know. Um, but he's yeah. So I, I just sorry. What I'm trying to say is, I wonder if if you said to someone in the, the in Germany, like if that's an equivalent of Tim Roth, the guy yeah, almost, yeah, 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 and then the the, the, yeah. the mum is the equivalent of like Naomi Watts, sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe that would make yeah. sense as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, it makes sense why mm. the casting is for the um, the remake as well. Mm. It's a strange thing that they've remake like a director. I don't know if it's ever happened before a director remaking their own film shot for shot. Yeah, like that's in a different really language. Yeah, I can't think of any other. Example of no, that at all. it's an interesting thing. But I get, like I was saying before, I do get why he did it to make it like to make his point that violence is bad. You know, or like yeah, yeah that is the point of it. But you know, mm. yeah, it just feels like because that there's that whole bit at the end, isn't it? And that feels like the message is mm. like, what what do you want? I think that's literally what he says, doesn't he, or something yeah. like that to the camera. Yeah, because um, there's, like, there's like a three or four moments when he like looks directly down the barrel and addresses the audience isn't there like i think it the yeah. first time he does it is when he's making a bet with the with the family saying um you know when it gets to nine tomorrow morning will you be alive or will you be dead and then he sort of looks at the camera and says what do you think you're on their side aren't you that sort of thing <laughs> yeah yeah it's fascinating i think it's just really clever yeah and then the strange i think the strangest one we haven't even mentioned this is probably the most sort of standout bit in the film is when he when he rewinds the film yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, when like yeah. Uh, the he gets sh- the the mum character gets hold of the gun and shoots him, and then he scrabbles for the remote and then rewinds it and then takes yeah. the gun off. Yeah, because it, it's it's all building up to that again. Your typical moment in like a horror film, generally speaking, you know, a hero will emerge or like the family will get away or whatever. Mm. Um, and so yeah, up until that point, it is kind of not a typical horror, but like it's following the structure that like you know. Oh, you know they're gonna get away. It's gonna be okay, and then they do. And then to actually do the rewind, it's just mm. so clever. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I think to, like that's... give it to you, then take it away from you. Like, yeah. And that happens. That happens in the middle of the film as well, because there's the point where, um, again, there's a, one of the like most like affecting scenes in the film is where the um, the son gets shot and is killed, mm. and then the the two like villains go, and then there's that big long sort of ten minute take of the mum and the dad sort of trying to make their escape and then they're trying to fix the phone yeah. and there's that mm. and then like she's goes off and you see a shot of like a car and you think oh she's probably got away and then it just cuts back and then yeah. no, no, it's them they're back it's starting again yeah, yeah. it's quite um yeah, yeah quite grim Grueling. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and the end as well where like they take her out on the yacht and it's so cold the way they just push her in and just mm. that's it it's just yeah yeah <laughs> I'm so used to watching uh, very like silly horror films. Again, I watched that uh, this afternoon before we watched. And it's not the not the most cheery afternoon <laughs> Sunday afternoon watch no, funny games. No. <laughs> no, and it's quite. I don't know how what the runtime is, but it feels quite slow and and. I think it really it's like, makes you feel like you're just sort of trapped there with them. You know, mm, I think it's about an hour and a half or an hour and forty minutes. So it's not a particularly oh, really? long film, yeah. but it's again, it's that pace of it is that, and then when yeah, nearly yeah. all of it is just in that living room, when you know. Mm. Mm. Are there any other like like horror films you've seen that have actually scared you? Like you said about Blair Witch Project, and you said obviously Funny Games had an yeah, effect on you. But I think I was like the pr- pr- the prime age to watch that. So like I said, I'd watched the documentary, 
and then I watched it. I went to the cinema on my own as well. So it's not like, you know, you're sort of that thing where you're like, oh, you grab your friend's arm away. Yeah. So, and then I walked home on my own and I lived in quite a fairly rural place. I just walked back past a load of woods. And it was just <laughs> like, uh, and then my sister, this is crazy to think about it because she must have been like 13 or 14. She got a really sort of twisted sense of humor. I woke up and in the morning she'd put those like little effigies outside my room. <laughs> Like the little wooden like figures, it was like terrifying. That's great. It's normally like the older sibling that terrorizes. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like, by rights, I should be bullying you right now. Yeah. But, um, I think when I watched Rosemary's Baby, um, the scene when she realizes in the dream that it's not a dream, I found really frightening. When she says, "This is not a dream. This is really happening." Like even now, just saying that, I just sort of got a bit of a chill. Like, <laughs> and that's the kind of thing I find more scary is the kind of the chilling stuff than rather than the scary stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like what I say with Clarice Starling, where it's like, you know, it's kind of like, oh no, you know, there's a bit weird. It's not even a horror, but that kind of feeling in Twelve Monkeys, um, when she realizes that he really is from the past, and you see the photograph of him in World War One. Yeah. I found that so scary, <laughs> like, yeah. like that feeling of like, oh my god, that's so, yeah. that's you know, um, and that's not even that's not a horror by any stretch, I don't think. <laughs> but but um, I don't know. There are I elements. I think sci-fi. Yeah, but I think maybe, I think anything yeah. that's like sort of apocalyptic has got that sort of. Yeah, there's always a sense of horror. Yeah, I wish I could give you a better answer. No, I no, no. Think about it off the top of my head. I think that's yeah. a, a great answer. I think well, again, like you said, there's like oh, I've, I've said several times, like is that. Most horror films aren't particularly scary, really. I think it's the more... Um, there's some, obviously, but, like, when you think of horror, the first thing I generally think of is you're more, like, you know, your sort of sillier, sort of slashery type films. But, again, films like mm. Signs of the Lambs, and, again, even Twelve Monkeys, and films that just have that, like, sense of dread all the way through them is mm. what is generally scares me more than, like, a, a full-on gore fest. Mm. I think... What did I... Because... I watched, um, I think, again, it's another film. that I think, to be honest, I got into this because of um, listening to a lot of Doom music. I watched the, um, I think it was Vincent Price. It was like the Witchfinder film, the Matthew oh, yeah. Hopkins one. Yeah, and I thought it's so funny because I looked at, like, you know, the kind of the press for it at the time and, like, it was described as, like, the, you know, the, the most frightening film and, like, really sort of, like, scary. And even though I knew that, obviously, the idea of that in those times is different, I went into it expecting it to be really sort of like um, affecting, and it was just like it was. It was like I don't know. It felt like a Hallmark film, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. But it wasn't. Yeah. Like, it wasn't scary. Like, but I think um, which one to general is more. It seems it plays out more like an action film. I think which one to general. Yeah. 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 I mean, I love that film. It's great. But... Yeah. If you do like a Google image search for it, there's like the. The like the accompanying like leaflet that came with your cinema ticket, or whatever, warning you about how like vomit-inducing the film was, <laughs> and like the only sort of like gore that happens is it's occasionally she gets pricked. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Really. Yeah, it does make you think if you had a time machine and you took you know like Saw or whatever some of these like proper like gore mm. movies back to back to like the sixties or whatever, or people what they'd think of you. Mm. I remember finding like the bit in Wicker Man when he again when he's like he sees the Wicker Man finding that really scary because like I again like I was like no, I wouldn't say I was on his side or anything but like all the way through I was just like oh, who the hell has gotten rid of this and I just did not see like the twist coming I didn't see that it was like the whole town was conspiring against him and that sense of like because that's like again the really good thing about horror playing on your most innate fears that what if everyone's out to get me? You know what I mean? It's like, that is really frightening. Oh no, wait, they are. Yeah. And I think what makes the Wicker Man so scary is that it's everyone. It's the whole town. It's the whole Island. Summer Isle. Everyone is against him. No escape. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's so remote. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the first film I think I'd ever seen where it's like the protagonist just gets killed at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. I think, I can't think of many others where it even happens. Yeah. Where the hero, you know, doesn't make it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one, Wicker Man. I love that film. That's one of my uh, all-time favourites. I've just been playing Assassin's Creed, actually, the Valhalla one. Oh yeah, and uh, there's a re- there's a really good like sort of Wicker Man homage in that. It's quite fun. Oh yeah, I've not I've not, I've not a big computer game person really. I've never played this. Oh, the, uh, I'm not really, but weirdly, I just really got on board with that. For, that I really like like history and stuff, hmm. um, and which is how I originally got into Assassin's Creed because they're quite good at. Um, 
it's not historically accurate, but they use historical figures and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so there's a whole bit because it's set in um, the Viking like invasions of England. So there's a bit when you go to Gloucestershire and they they actually have a Wicker Man and stuff in the game. It's pretty cool. Oh, cool! That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think I really just love the stuff that's kind of like kind of a bit like yeah, just tense and grueling and kind of like just this overarching sense of like eeriness and strangeness. I love that kind of stuff. But again, like I say, I, I also like Sam Raimi. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually really liked the, the remake of evil dead. I say remake. Oh, yeah. It was kind of like a reimagining, wasn't mm. it? But yeah. The, the evil dead is like a film that means a lot to me. That film's like one of my favorites. Yeah. So. I really, yeah. I get mixed up with them. Um, Cause what, didn't they kind of like remake it themselves when they made evil dead two or something? Like sort of. Yeah. So like, so they released it and then it was, yeah, yeah. So Evil Dead Two is sort of like it's like the first sort of ten minutes of Evil Dead Two is like a remake of Evil Dead One, and then it sort of follows on straight yeah. from yeah, the Evil Dead Two. Which like one, one is the, the one that has the kind of like the 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 tree rape scene? That's the that first one. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a scene that I yeah, because that was pretty horrifying. Yeah, it's a scene I like. I, I love Evil Dead, but that's one a scene I find hard to watch. In it, I don't. Yeah, that's sort of a bit. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But I, mean, I don't know. Do, do you think it's gratuitous or I don't know? I, um. Yeah, I mean, it probably is. Again, I'm probably not the the best like arbiter for those sort of like things, but um, I think I can see why like they probably wouldn't put that scene in a film now. Really, just as you done like that. Yeah. yeah, I think just the whole like the bit leading up to that really for me like the the, the stop frame animation of her doing like the cartwheels and stuff. It's just, or is that after? I think it might be after. Yeah. That. Do you know the bit I mean? Though, yeah. When there's like a stop frame animation like, that is. I always find stop frame animation really frightening and stuff as well. It's just that I always prefer that over CGI. Mm. Like the bits in again in Mandalorian, like I'm pretty sure, you know, Taika were 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 I can't remember Taika Waititi. Waititi, yeah. His his um yeah his like bounty hunter character. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty certain that's all stop motion. Oh well, right, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and it just feels more real. I mean, because I know that I mean John Favreau is a big fan of stop motion. They used it a lot in Elf and stuff. Mm. But um, yeah, I think I always prefer like I'd always have a bit of a shonky animation over a glistening CGI. Yeah. Like, I hate CGI so much. Like I really hate it. I think CGI needs to be used as sort of like um, an enhancer of special effects rather than the only thing. So when they you know Absolutely, clean it up it. a bit and you CGI that, so I think that works well. But when you know you see, I find it weird when you see a horror movie and there's CGI blood splatter. It's like, well, surely it'd just be easier to get some red red dye and just throw that at the wall <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 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 And it just takes you out of it when you know something's not a real physical thing mm. somehow. I don't know why. So even like, you know, like obviously Grogu's a puppet. Like there's no yeah. denying that, the way it moves. But that is better than like Yoda flipping around in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Very much um, so. Kind of coming full circle because I was saying about Blair Witch and stuff. And found footage is Troll Hunter, which is that CGI, but I do like that. Mm. But it's used quite sparingly, I think. Yeah, so it's like I think when you just see like little shots of like the sort of big monster, the big trolls and stuff, that's when the CGI is used quite mm. cleverly because it's not like just a full on big, well lit shot of a monster. It's like a little glimpse here yeah. and there, and you know, it works really well. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, there's a particularly good bit when they're running away from them and the torch is sort of going scanning past them really wildly, and you can see them coming towards. It's fantastic. But, um, yeah, and it's that's kind of a sort of a. It is, I didn't again because it's so funny because it's. I think because it's a foreign film, it didn't scan as a comedy at first. It's like kind of kind of a comedy horror because there's a few definitely funny bits in it when mm. they're like discussing whether the new camera person will be all right because they're Muslim because like giants can smell Christians. And stuff like that. <laughs> can smell Christians. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a funny idea. They're like, can they smell other faiths? Or is it just yeah, Christians? Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's the whole bit when like. They um, they're discussing like you know because like the, the theory that pylons are to keep Jotners in like the the big big um, uh, trolls and then they're at the power plant and the guy and they're, they're saying to them do you not realise that this one comes around in a perfect loop like it doesn't go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's a, that's such a funny yeah. idea uh, but I, I didn't realise as well that like, the lead the lead troll hunter in it is a stand up in um, I think it's is it in Norway. Uh, is it is it Iceland, Iceland or Norway? I don't remember. Norway, yeah, is it yeah, Norwegian? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he is he is a stand up oh, in right. Norway. Yeah, 
So, um, so again, if you know that, you know going into the film, it's going to be, be a comedy, comedy yeah. Because we've got that separation, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it would be a similar yeah. thing to like English people seeing Shaun of the Dead when that first came out. You go in with the expectation, you know, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost from Spaced and stuff. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Like I say, thank you very much for uh, for doing that. And sorry about my shit internet going. It's typical. It's like... It's all yeah. good, man. Yeah. <laughs>